Hi everyone, my name is Veronica and this is the Harfel podcast. Unfiltered, introspective and most importantly, honest discussions on topics ranging from mental health, life in your 20s, self-development and the human condition. If you enjoy my content, I'd love for you to review this podcast on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other platform you might be listening from. Tune in and enjoy! Good morning everyone! I'm coming to you from London this beautiful morning. Actually, it's not that sunny outside. I don't know why I said that. I guess I just have a lot of endorphins because I went on a run for the first time in like a couple of weeks. So energy is good. Is obviously much harder to find high, and I thought I will let alone make the most out of it um, without anyone disturbing me because why not to be undisturbed to record a podcast. So yeah, today I'm coming to you with... Um, quite an interesting episode and I also made a poll on my Instagram by the way it's at heartfelt pod if you're not following yet please do because I ask you often like what kind of episodes you want to hear from me and that helps me kind of inform my decisions of what I talk about next and the episode that you're listening to right now is not the one that won majority unfortunately because I already had it scripted when I put that poll up but I will take your views into consideration and a lot of people wanted to hear me talk about London in fact and like my hot take on living in the big city and stuff like that so that will be coming soon I hope but today we're gonna focus on how do you say that runner-up second place the, the the option that won the second place in my poll out of four options and it is an episode devoted to the question of why is the grass always greener on the other side in case you didn't know but I'm pretty sure all of you are familiar but i just want to make it clear it's basically a saying that people use in reference to the feeling that you always someone else always has it better than you or there's always like an alternative lifestyle you could be living that would make you happier or if you only did that thing that you'd be happier it's sort of like always looking around you to see what other people have going on in their lives how they're living what kind of jobs they have and sort of feeling that if you had that then you would be happy and then once you achieve that thing or get to that point that they have and that you previously thought will make you happy, you find yourself yet again being like, oh, but this other thing, this other place, this other person would make me happy. And it's like the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, I think is the full saying. It's quite long, so I'm just keeping it to why is the grass always freaking greener, okay? And what got me thinking about this topic is actually my trip to Asia that I ramble on about and will probably keep on doing that because it was quite... um a transformative and crucial experience in my life that, you know, changed a lot of things in my subconscious. And I found myself in a really weird state, especially at the beginning of the trip when I was still kind of finding my feet and was struggling to kind of navigate the backpacker routine and lifestyle. And I was literally, this is just hilarious and it sounds like I'm really ungrateful when I say this, but I was literally in Bali in like what many people will consider paradise I don't really agree because Bali has its own issues with over tourism and exploitation and environmental degradation but I was actually in a really beautiful place or these beautiful beaches and islands in Indonesia and I was literally looking through my story seeing stories of my friends from London living their lives and I was literally wishing I was them I was like oh my god I'm missing out like they're having the time of their life like going to these parties and I literally wanted to sort of be there not maybe not literally I don't think I would have like traded places but I was literally looking over on the other side of the world and being like oh they have it better than me me who was on fucking vacation in Bali like how stupid is that or you know a lot of the time or most of the time the temperature was quite high it was very eternal summer vibes tropical weather and obviously it doesn't have to be everyone's cup of tea I'm not saying this is like the ultimate end or be all 
But a lot of people would say that this is like the perfect temperature, right? Like summer is the perfect season. And yet when I was there, most of the time I was just like wishing it was colder, wishing there was snow, wishing I was experiencing normal winter. And how stupid is that? Because I guarantee you and myself that if I were to be in Poland at that time, I would have been like, oh my God, people who are on vacation right now, like sitting under palm trees, that's like a dream. And in a way it is a dream, but also as I'm saying, it's not as simple as that. You always, or at least me, maybe you don't do that and that's very healthy, but I always seem to find ways to make myself unhappy um, or dissatisfied with my current situation and at the same time assume that other people just have it better. And if only that thing changed, I would have been happier or I would have been happy overall. Now, it's not a new feeling that I got in Asia. I've experienced it plenty in my life um, and most of you probably have as well if not all of you it's just something very human for us to seek answers to these big questions of why am I not as happy as I thought I would be or why do other people have this well I don't have that and they sometimes lead us to the wrong answers I feel like and that answer being oh yeah if I only get that thing or be them have what they have I'll be happy and that's not really the truth as probably most of us know at this point. And as much as I was doing this throughout all of my life, you know, always wishing for the other thing or comparing myself to others, I have gotten to the point in my life where I've tried so many different things and have experienced so many amazing lifestyles or adventures or, you know, it's like, I know there's a lot of things within my possibilities that I can experience. And I have still not gotten to this like perfect, calm, content state. But I realized eventually that this belief that other people have it better or I will be better off if only I have what they have or do what they do it's false it's essentially just a lie I tell myself um, that I've constructed to make myself feel better about my current situation which is not bad at all that that's not to say it is it's just in my head I point towards it as like a source of my dissatisfaction now this may sound silly but I think part of the reason why I decided to take a gap year in the first place is because I when I was in uni I thought oh there's all these things I want to do with my time and I have all these obligations that come with you know being enrolled in university or having a part-time job or whatever that I don't get to be fully happy that like they all these like responsibilities and obligations and things I have to do things that constrain my time that they're the thing that's making me unhappy. And if I only get to remove all of these quote-unquote obstacles to my happiness, to my relaxed state, and I can only just basically have like the ultimate leisure time of my life, then I will be happy. Like I will just get to do all the things all day that I only I want. Did that sentence make sense? Like basically that I will get to do, spend my days in whatever way I want to. I will read as many books as I want to. I will go on as many trips as I want to. I will cook for as long as I want to, go on as many runs you know all of these things that I always feel like I struggle to have the time to in my day-to-day life outside of this gap year I thought that if I finally have the time to do them all I'll be happy because like there will be no obstacles to my happiness well surprise surprise it turns out not to be true and now I'm I see myself I've spent the past like 10 days just kind of roaming around London uh I had a lot of free time on my hands um just to to do random stuff that I wanted but that is not necessarily bringing me happiness. This is not how I imagine it to be, obviously. And I find myself complaining about my situation, which is silly because that's what I literally craved for and wanted for so long, which is obviously a proof that the grass is never actually greener on the other side. And besides it being just 
a false belief I have. It also actively takes away from my present experience. And I know that once this gap year is over, once this all of this abundance of free time is gone, it's going to be gone. And I will be wishing once more that I was grateful for this time in my life now. I know that I'll be sitting at my full-time job one day in like two years or five years, whatever. And I'll just be like thinking and dreaming about literally this day today, for example, being like, oh my God, to have a free Wednesday, to be able to do nothing, to just sit in around in a someone else's flat and record a podcast. How beautiful, how I would only be happy if I achieved that. I mean, I'm hoping in five years, I'm going to be smarter than that. And I'm not actually going to wish that away. And I'm going to remember how I felt right now. But I'm just trying to say, we always have this tendency to romanticize any time that is other than the present moment, if that makes sense. And I am aware, maybe as you hear me talking, you're like, girl, you have a problem. And like, you take it to the extreme. And I am aware of that. Um, I know that is probably one of my worst qualities, this constant comparison. And like, I don't know how you can call it. It's like a frequent state of dissatisfaction that I experience. Even if it's like ever so slight, it's not that I'm walking around unhappy about my life. Because I'm aware of all the beautiful things in it. And I do things that excite me and bring me joy. But at the end of the day, I am often left with this like inkling that something is not right and I blame my external circumstances for it, even though they're probably not the ones to blame. Like there's nothing wrong with them. I have a beautiful life. I just can't really see it and appreciate it and realize that the issue lies within me rather than outside of me. And therefore I want to kind of dwell deeper in this into this topic um, and also get into the reasons behind this sentiment of, you know, the grass being always greener on the other side and how, what are the ways in which we can actively counteract it? And hopefully through that conversation, I will also remind myself of them. <laughs> so the first reason is something I already hinted at. And is that we love to blame our external circumstances for why we're not feeling fulfilled, satisfied, or happy in life. It's no surprise that a lot of people walking this earth are just unhappy. Look at any statistics relating to happiness, depression rates, suicide rates, etc., etc. On You don't even have to go on a macro scale you can just ask five random people on the street five random people in your life whether they're happy and i feel like a lot of us are just not as happy as we wanted to at least and yet seemingly we are like the generation or the people who have it all quote unquote or at least we have like the best fundamentals the best grounds to enjoy our life a lot of us, at least I hope so for you, we have good people in our life, we have food on our plate every day, three times a day at least, we have a roof over our heads, we have access to education hopefully, fundamental things which I agree that the lack of is like a valid reason to be unhappy, but I think most of us do have them in our lives to some extent or another. And yet whenever we experience the satisfaction with life, rather than going inwards, because we do have most things provided for we are the first to point fingers at the world around us, other people and everything that is wrong with it and how changing XYZ would finally make us happy. And as I said, it's one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves, but it also is a comforting lie in a way because it keeps the responsibility off of our shoulders. I mean, you can always find a reason to point a finger to and that serves you the purpose of not having to point the finger at yourself, not having to look into your soul, into your subconscious, into your conscious mind, whatever that may, into your past, whatever reasons there may be that you're actually feeling unsatisfied and not happy, we'd like to turn our head or dig it under the sand, whatever the saying is. So we don't have to do that. So we don't have to face our internal world in a way. 
And as a coping mechanism with that, in order to sort of distract ourselves in a way, we're so smart if you think about it. We create this like false narrative, like if I'd only be living there, if I only had a bigger house, if I'd only had a dog to take care of our child, if I only had this job and not that job that I have, I'd be happy. There are countless narratives like that that you can make up and I'm sure you have your own going on. For me, this often looks like, oh, if when only I have a nice flat in a city that I know I want to live in, which right now I have a fixation with Copenhagen and Amsterdam, and I have a group of friends there and a partner and a good job, then I'll be happy, like, forever and ever. Like, how silly is that? I know I'll probably find, even if I arrive at that, I'll find a thousand and one things to blame for my dissatisfaction. Not enough money, not the perfect body, not something, not that, not this. Like, there's always something, is what I'm trying to say. And as I said, we're afraid of looking inwards because doing that would possibly could possibly reveal a lot of things about ourselves that we don't really want to know or refuse to acknowledge because it's scary because it may bring up emotions we don't want to deal with and again to give a concrete example for me I think I have some underlying fear that life is for the most part quite mundane and ordinary and filled with responsibilities and not that eventful it's not as exciting as I like to paint a picture of it in my head like I still feel like I live in this bubble of hoping that life will always be super exciting for me and super stimulating and um, always there's going to be something happening and these great things coming into my life and not saying you can't sort of manage that in a way like you can make your life as exciting quote-unquote as you wish for it to be but on the other hand there is so much beauty to be found in the mundaneness and also doing always doing the exciting adventurous thing is like it's running away again in a way like if you do that for the whole of your life Obviously, it can be a part of your life. I'm not saying that's not possible or unhealthy. But if you use it as a coping mechanism in order to not settle down and not accept the fact that life is just as it is, that's, again, you avoiding having to deal with these emotions. This leads me to kind of seek out lifestyles and people and experiences that will finally, once and for all, fill my cup for excitement and for happiness in life. And that just never happens exactly because I still fall into this trap that I'm well aware of on one hand, but I still do it of seeking fulfillment outside of my, myself, blaming my external circumstances for my unhappiness or dissatisfaction and doing that over and over and over again. Honestly, I'm sick of writing in my journal like, oh, when, I only, when I'm only there, when I only get that job, when I only have that income, when I only feel this stable in my life, where I have these people in my life. This is so much bullshit and I refuse to acknowledge that because it's easier than sitting down and being like, fuck, I have so much self-work to do. Reason number two is also something I struggle with, and I'm sure it's a very common thing. It's, it's Miss Jealousy and Mr. Comparison. <laughs> Again, it's something, as I said, everyone struggles with, but I think I have like a particular issue with, and I have been told by friends that I do compare myself especially a lot to other people. And it can be anyone. It can be people in my life that I know or people on the internet. It doesn't really matter as long as it gives me something to be <laughs> unhappy about, to attach my feeling of lack too, if that makes sense. Now, I had this one friend a while ago who in my eyes was like a perfect person. I don't know how else to describe it, but that person for me had it all, had the perfect partner, the perfect apartment, the perfect looks, perfect friends, like everything about their life was just like aspirational for me in a way. I had a lot of admiration for that person. And I would love to spend time in that person's company because they 
I sort of felt like their glow was reflecting on me. I felt like almost honored to be in their presence, right? But at the same time, I couldn't brush off this feeling of inadequacy whenever I would hang out with that person because whatever they had that made them so special and exciting for me, I automatically looked back at myself and was like, oh, I don't have that or I don't have that to that great extent. Um, and I remember telling my therapist about this, being like, you know, talking how about, about how much I compare myself to this person. And my therapist was just trying to remind me that like, I seem to forget within my comparison, my constant self-comparison, that it's not exclusionary for both people to be beautiful at the same time. That one person's things, possessions, people, looks, whatever that may be, these aspects of their life that you're jealous of, they're not taking away from your pool of these things of these resources like you both can have it at the same time one does not mean the other doesn't have it you know um and therefore i feel like jealousy does eventually come down to like a bit of a scarcity mindset we seem to believe that if other if someone else in our life has this thing that we want whether that's a relationship a dream job or more of whatever thing we have like money or time to travel and do hobbies it automatically means they're less like less left for us and the universe just doesn't work like that. It's not as simple. And that would be pretty sad. Now, obviously, yeah, if you compete for one job and someone else gets it, yeah, that job post has been taken by someone else and it's not available for you. But there's so many other job posts that you can apply for. You know what I mean? The doors, all of the doors suddenly don't close on you. And you essentially have to kind of switch your mindset um, to believe that good things are in store for you, regardless of the amount of extent of goodness in others' lives. And that is also something that will help your relationships, I believe, because you, whenever your friends experience success, for example, or, you know, they have a new partner in their life, you won't be looking at it, oh God, now that means I am less likely to get these things. You'll be able to be happy for them. But that being said, obviously, we are not saints and rather than aiming at a perfect mindset and always, you know, it's not as easy to be happy for other people, especially when you're struggling or you feel like there's things lacking in your life. But I'd say make it a lot easier for you to remove the sources of jealousy from your life that you can. Obviously, if that's your friends, then that's a bit of a bigger issue. But people on the internet, it's within your control whether you see and you're exposed to them or not. Just It's as simple as in following though, the people whose content does not spark joy in you or who spark jealousy in you. Um, even if it's people who you like, because I think that may be like the fallacy, because like, I don't know, like the cliche example of Kendall Jenner or Kim Kardashian, like you may not even like them and then you follow them and you compare yourself to them. But there's actually for me, it's about the YouTubers and the influencers, quote unquote, that I like, that I really feel like they're great people. But at the same time, I see them having all these things that I dream about and I get self-conscious, I get I fall into a scarcity mindset. I like watch their videos and I like end these videos on like a sad note that I don't have these things. That's like a red, red flag for me. And that means I have to unfollow that person regardless of how much I like them. For me, for example, again, I like to give concrete examples because that makes it just more human. For me, it was always like um, Moya. You may recognize her from YouTube. Um, I used to love her videos until at a certain point they just became too much for me. And I just kind of like, I would feel bad after watching any of her videos or following her Instagram, so I just had to, like, let go of her content, and obviously, yeah, missing out on her creative videos, and she has a beautiful way of editing things, and just, yeah, anything she puts out is very pretty, but that is not as valuable to me as my peace of mind, um, that comes with not seeing her weekly Paris videos, and her perfect, beautiful lifestyle, going to fashion shows, and uh, cooking beautiful meals, whatever, whatever, 
obviously not saying she has a perfect life. I'm just saying this is how my brain reads it. And I'm not going to fight with my brain and try to tell it no. But like, she's also human. I'm sure she has the worst moments because my brain is just going to, I know, attach itself to the surface level stuff that will make me um, more happy. And that's just not what I want to do. The third reason is, you know, the grass, quote unquote, from the saying that we see on the other side of the fence. It's just a facade. It's what other people allow us to see. It's not the full picture. It never is, really. Even though we consciously know that people, you know, do not share everything with the world um, and that everyone is battling their own demons in a way or, or, you know, has things about their life or themselves that they don't like, that they would like to change, our brains just for some reason struggle to accept that on a conscious or subconscious level. I don't, I'm not really sure. Maybe both. Our brains prefer to simplify the world around us, including other people, creating these mental shortcuts and essentially a fake image of what other people's lives look like. It's actually pretty impressive how far we are able to like go with our imagination if you think about it. It's enough for us to like watch a 10-minute vlog from someone's week, which, which consists of 168 hours or multiply that by 60 minutes, or even less, a simple photo dump is enough for us to create a construct a whole fabricated image about how someone else's life is better we fill those mental gaps about them the things that we don't actually know about their lives their downtime their whatever all the extra time that we don't see on the screen and we just fill those gaps with a perfect life that we believe they have in a way that only fuels and further feeds our jealousy we rarely or never get to see the moments when someone is standing in front of their mirror and crying at their acne or their rolls on their stomach. We don't see the arguments that they have with their partners or their parents or maybe their relationship with their parents that is not that great. We don't see the self-doubt, the fear, the anxiety that they may experience when they're riding a bus or going to the grocery shop or before an interview. All of us have these little things about ourselves in our lives, but we don't allow people to access those parts of ourselves. We don't like to show them. And this is not me saying that we have to be showing all of our weaknesses, put them on a plate and present them to the world because that's A, very vulnerable and B, unnecessary. Like, why would we bring all of our dirt? I'm not saying it's negative, but like, you know what I mean? And like, let it there for people to see. It's We don't want to do that. Maybe we let the closest, closest inner circle to those parts of ourselves. But for the most part, what we know about people in our life even, it's just one dimension. It's just some part of their life. Most likely the highlight reel. Most likely the most fun, exciting, interesting things that happen in their life. And we feed on them without realizing that they have their own set of issues. Because we only see the one in our lives. And the last reason that I sort of managed to come up with is the way our world has changed since, let's say, our parents or grandparents' generation. And how sort of open and accessible a lot of things have become. And this leads to us becoming overwhelmed and swayed by all the different paths and possibilities in our life. This is something, again, that really pertains to me, possibly because I was scripting this episode, so that's just very relevant in my life. I think the change that this world underwent in terms of, yeah, possibilities, globalization, etc., etc., it's both a blessing and a curse. That's no surprise, I think, to anyone. Despite the possibilities that it offers us, and there's so many ways in we can change or better our life if we feel like it like we have more paths open to us it also instills a belief upon us that it's possible to like live an infinite amount of lifestyles and never have to settle and decide on one thus also excluding all the other possibilities that we 
simultaneously see are technically like available to us. They're they're always there, right? Like lurking behind the corner. You know, there's always a better job that you can have, a better partner, a better flat, a better body. And it often feels so possible, so tangible, like it's in, within our reach. And that leads us to never wanting to commit and settle or at least struggling to do so. This relates to also my inability to make decisions because I always just fixate on what I do not choose. Like I I do not see the beauty or all the benefits that come with choosing option B. I fixate on what I'm losing out from options B, C, D, E and F. Now, I want to underline there's nothing wrong with wanting more from your life or wanting to change your circumstances if you can. But be careful when you do that and focus on sort of setting your ceiling. I don't know how else to put it or like thinking through what you actually want from whatever that may be, your dream job, your dream partner, apartment, blah, blah, blah. But also think about the sacrifices you're willing to make because you're no option within any of these categories is perfect. And as soon as you stick with something, one option for longer, you start to see the cracks underneath the surface or simply the natural like imperfections, the multidimensionality of each thing. You know, the job that looks so perfect on the description maybe comes with like really long hours or it's really draining on your mental health, even though you find fulfillment in it. Or, or maybe the perfect partner does not share your hobbies in the way that you wanted to or does not share your passion we expect basically for each aspect of our life to fulfill all of our expectations and even better to come with no disadvantages whatsoever well wake up call it's not like that and again me saying this at myself i tend to shout in my episodes i'm shouting at myself and then it can be really harmful if we see those quote-unquote imperfections or just simple yeah, the multidimensionality, and we start looking around, and again, we only see the the green, shiny, perfect, pretty surface of other alternative options, and that creates this dichotomy in our head, because we see the real thing in front of us that we have, and then we see the promise, the dream of something else, and it's very tempting to give up the thing that we already have, because we're always searching for more. We always tend to believe falsely often that this other thing will make us happy that this other thing is so much better than what we have yeah it may be better in some regards i'm sure it is but then i am also equally sure that it will come with its own set of disadvantage that you may have not even thought about because your current thing doesn't even have those a good example that people often give with this is dating apps you know it's like so many people these nowadays are so afraid of commitment because we always feel subconsciously especially for like users of dating apps that we have infinite amount of other alternative options that there's always someone better always someone prettier always someone with more interesting and we struggle to commit to one person because we feel like we're losing out on this pool of endless possibilities well we'll hate to break it to you but it is not like that you may think that it's so easy to find that person but if you have something good in your life think about what you're losing if you're giving it up for like in search of always something different always something better because it really can make us ungrateful i think And that's like one of the biggest holes we can go down. And it's really, it can be a dangerous place because we can, yeah, kind of screw up our life, always seeking more and never being satisfied. I guess what I want to say to sort of end this episode is that you have it so good in life, really. I I, I don't know your exact circumstances, but I believe that most of us are sort of living similar-ish lives. And 
I just want you to realize that, you know, don't let days slip away without pausing and appreciating what you have already in front of you. The healthy body, the free time you have, your parents who are still alive, hopefully, friends who feel like family and uplift you, the sun outside, parks, good weather, hobbies you get to enjoy and the life that you care about so much, you know. And I also bet that this is like a mental exercise I sometimes like to do. If given the chance, you would never actually want to swap lives with someone else if that would mean taking on their bundle of problems that they have because as I said everyone has their own things that they will always sort of struggle with I think or are not that perfect in their life and we are all given our load in life of things we may not like and we need to just learn to navigate life alongside these quote-unquote imperfections or despite the lack of certain things in our lives because we will never ever have it all at the same time I don't think that's possible it's just the balance of things I think oftentimes when we get one thing we lose another or when we get one thing we realize that the other is not as good as we thought it was like it's just how it works we're just kind of programmed to be always seeking um, improvement and bettering our circumstances and ourselves and that is on one hand a very healthy force that can lead us to action but on the other it can also be pretty dangerous harmful and um yeah, just take away so much joy and happiness from our life that is already pretty great. And on that note, I will finish this episode. I love talking to you guys, um, but I have to go and get to another flat I'm staying at. I'm couch surfing this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're not already, follow me on Heartfelt Pod for more updates and polls and questions to my podcast. And I will speak to you very soon, maybe from France, actually. Well, bisous.